Em, you want to come up here? So uh, normally I don't do this for announcements or for uh, testimony, but we start off each week with a testimony. And this woman of God is just inspires me so much. Uh, I met her. I met her three years ago, and not no, not just because she makes the most amazing punch and chocolate chip cookies that I've ever had. I'm trying to talk her into making it for my wedding uh, in four months from today. Hey. Um, <laughs> but uh, she's just so grown so much, and Em, I'm just so proud of you, and I just publicly wanted to say how much I love you and how much you mean to this family. So uh, bring the word. Hey, guys. How's it going? Yep. <laughs> um, my name is Emily, and I'm a coach here at Alive. And um, I was asked to give a testimony about authority. And um, so I'll give you kind of a backstory. I grew up in a Christian home. Um, I am a youngest of five, so I kind of like didn't really have a voice when I was little. Um, and growing up, I, um, I, My siblings um, kind of like spoke over me and um, they kind of just like talked for me. So I really didn't have um, the authority or the voice to like voice my opinion or um, things like that. And um, I've always prayed to God, like, why don't I have a voice? Like, why don't I have authority in this? Like, where's my voice in all of this? And um, he's like, your time is coming. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. I guess I'll wait. Um, and then up until like three years ago when Ryan asked me to be a part of a live, um, I kind of just stepped into kind of a authoritative role type deal, I guess. And I'm kind of started finding my voice and I'm kind of finding my identity in God. And um, last year when I started becoming a student leader, um, I kind of kept growing into it. And um, yeah, I don't know. And then up until uh, last year, um, it's funny because I didn't tell Ryan this, but last summer, um, when before he asked me to be a coach to live, I felt like God's like saying, um, I'm going to give you more authoritative roles and more big authoritative roles. And um, not even two days later, Ryan called me and asked me to be coach to live. And I'm like, okay, God, I see you. I see you. I see what you're doing. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, I would love to. Um, and stepping more into a coach role, I've learned my voice this year. I've learned my authority in Christ, and I've learned, like, yeah, I am, yeah. Um, yeah, come on. <laughs> so this year, I would say that I've found my voice, and I have found my authority in Christ, and um, I can say that I'm no longer a slave to fear of not saying anything, but a child of God that has authority in the kingdom. And result of this, um, <laughs> I'm finding my voice um, and authority. My relationship and identity in God has grown tremendously, and I'm a lot more confident in who I am. And um, I've gotten a lot closer to my family as well. Um, but yeah, so there you go. So I'm going so to pray and ascend to worship. Um, so God, I just thank you so much for this amazing night. And um, I just ask you just your presence to fall right now. And um, I just ask you just give the words to speak to Mark and Ryan as they're speaking. And um, I just...
just ask you to just um, use them to use your words, God. And I just thank you so much for your Holy Spirit right now. And um, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Em. Let's give a round of applause, y'all. Well, I feel like that invitation is open to all of you tonight as well, that you all are children of God that hold authority and that are called to it to be the light to this world. And so I invite you all to stand. And uh, tonight's a very special night. We have a few special guests with us. Over on Electric, we have Chris Hanstad here with us. He is one of the amazing uh, worship team members at our home church here. And um, to my, let's see, my right, my left, your right, <laughs> is a very dear friend of mine. This is Dylan Sanders. And he, yes, and uh, he is one of the main worship leaders at our Sullivan campus. So if you didn't know, our church that we have here actually has different campuses. So in Sullivan, which is south of here, um, we have a church there. And Dylan's one of the main worship leaders. And um, just as a hunger like no one I know for the Lord. So we're just going to spend some time with Jesus. And I just really encourage you guys as we worship just to be free. There is just... There's no walls, there's no barriers, there's no expectation except for the kingdom to move tonight. And so just know that you all are free to just worship and be free. If you wanna come down front anytime tonight, you're free. If you wanna be in the sides, you're free. This is a free space just to worship Jesus. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you even more. Let heaven come tonight in Jesus' name. Amen, let's worship.
I want more of you, God. 
There's just some nights you don't want to stop worshiping. God, I just thank you. You're meeting us here tonight. Lord, we just want to give you all the praise and all the glory and the honor tonight. Lord, I just ask your blessing, blessing on every single one of us. May we just come away from tonight knowing you more, knowing you deeper, and knowing that it's, it's really all about you, Jesus. Thank you. invite everyone to uh, go ahead and take a seat. We're going to move into uh, a message. It's kind of a, a special night tonight. Yeah, we can light up my this mean mug so you can see me a little more clearly. Uh, my name is Mark Hagee. Uh, I'm one of the coaches, along with uh, Emily, who gave an awesome word. Can we give her another round of applause? That was so good. And, and 
Oh, whoa. <laughs> We're okay back there? Yeah, so again, I, my name is, uh, is Mark Hagee. And I, is anyone new here tonight? Is this anyone's first time here? Yeah, I saw some hands, some hands. Yeah, welcome, welcome. I just want to, I really want to welcome you. Like this, Alive is my family and you are welcome in the family. I just, so grateful for you guys to be here and excited to be able to speak to you guys. Again, I'm Mark uh, and I have the honor of getting to co-preach tonight with Ryan Otto, our one and only uh, Lives pastor. But uh, I'm going to get us kicked off. Um, so to, to get us started, um, I want to just recap where we've been. Uh, we and Alive for this semester have been walking through the, the Gospel of Luke. And every week we're covering about two chapters. And th we've been talking about how Luke was written uh, by Luke to a man named Theophilus who... And, and Luke gives us the reason that he wrote it. He, it was to give us a reason to believe. And so as we've been covering Luke, we've been discerning from Luke, what are the reasons that we believe in this man, Jesus Christ? And tonight, we're going to step into that even deeper. Um, shout out to Joshua, who gave us an awesome message last week. He was talking about how Jesus gives us a mission statement in our lives. And, and there are many that we individually hold that we can walk out every day. And, and Joshua was explaining how when we know what our mission is, and then we know the, the compass, the compass that we are walking, that's guiding us on those day-to-day -day adventures with the Lord, then we're going to be able to complete our mission statement, right? And one of the words that I absolutely love, Joshua, was you said, if we, we can't live our life's mission if we're not living our daily mission. Right? What a good word. I mean, I want to write to that all over my mirror every morning and know that, Jesus, you, I want you to be my compass. Like, show me how to get there. So this week, uh, we are in Luke 19 and 20. Um, I get to cover a little bit of, of 19, a little bonus section in 18. And, uh, and I'm going to be covering a little bit of the what. And, and our, our message title tonight is The Authority of Jesus. Let me tell you, Jesus has authority. And we're going to see that as we walk through Luke 19. Um, so what, we'll go ahead and just lay a little bit of a, the story. So the last week, Luke, Jesus was on his way from areas of Galilee up to Jericho. And we meet Jesus now in Luke 19 in Jericho on his way up to Jerusalem. And the reason he's going up there. He actually explains at the very end of uh, chapter 18, he says he actually predicts his own death. He tells his disciples exactly what is going to happen. And so with that, I'm going to go ahead and get started right there. So this is a little freebie. It's a little extra. I'm supposed to be in 19, but sorry, Ryan, I'm in 18 right now. So in chapter 18, Jesus predicts exactly what's going to happen to him. He tells his disciples that he must go up to Jerusalem. He will be get given over to the Gentiles who will beat him, spit on him, flog him, where he will be crucified and he will be killed. And his disciples are like, what? <laughs> they don't get it. And you know what? If I told you that I knew that about myself, you would think I was crazy as well, right? But let me tell you, Jesus has authority over time. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows it. He knows it all. And my question to you is, how are you utilizing your time? You, you, because Jesus has this and we follow him, 
we also have authority over our own time. So we just want to think and draw these parallels to the things that Jesus has authority over, he gives us authority over as well. So we want to make the most of what we have. And in the area of time, Jesus displays it there. So now I get to start off in chapter 19. And the first uh, story that I get to talk to is actually one of a childhood favorite of mine. It's the story of Zacchaeus, starting off in verse 1. And I, I grew up in, uh, in a church community. I, was, I grew up in a Lutheran uh, church, and I went to Lutheran schools. And so we sang songs to learn this story. And so I want to invite Brett up here, another Lutheran brother. Yeah, yeah. Hello. One of my roommates, Hello. one of my best friends. And we are going to tell you, or actually sing to you, the story of Zacchaeus. So, all right, I'm ready. All right. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed this way, he looked up in that tree. And he said, Zacchaeus, you come down, because I'm going to your house today. I'm going to your house today. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that just brings me back to elementary school. Oh, my gosh, so good. So there you go. That's the whole story. So the next story. Um... <laughs> what is going on? So... So, the, yeah, this is the story of Jesus being entering into Jericho. And there are hundreds, if not thousands, of people coming out of their houses to see this man they've heard so much about walking through the city. And Zacchaeus is among them. And because he's a little shorter than average, he couldn't see over the crowds, right? And so he decides to go over to a tree, climb up. You know, he, like, plots out, like, there's only one road in this whole town. He's got to go down that road. So he goes down there, and he climbs up the tree, and he says, the Savior is coming this way. I'm going to see him, right? And so as Jesus passes that way, he sees him, and he declares, I'm going to your house today. And I, I want to ask you, have you had that moment in your life where Jesus looks at you and says, I'm going to your house. I want to make my home with you. And, what's, and what was your response? You know, my response has been, yes and amen, Lord, more, more. Like, just like in the songs that we were singing tonight, like, God, I want more of you in my life. Well, let me tell you that there was a little bit of resistance there. The people that, the rest of the story is that the people that were around, they see Jesus going in with Zacchaeus and they say, this, this man is a sinner. This is, Zacchaeus is a tax collector. He was one of the, the scum of that, uh, that time period because the tax collectors were, were Jews who had betrayed their own people. They were taking their money and giving it to the Romans who were occupying them at the time. And so they were grumbling against Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus, I believe, heard that. He must have. And as, as Jesus spends time that evening with him, something changes in Zacchaeus' life. And in fact... Zacchaeus makes an announcement in the middle of their, their meal together. In verse 8, he says, But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And this is the part I really want you to focus on. Jesus said to him, 
Today, salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. I want to tell you that tonight, Jesus has power to declare salvation in your life. Jesus is the only one who can declare salvation in your life. Who, who walked around saying, today salvation has come? Jesus. <laughs> Correct answer right there. <laughs> Jesus has authority over salvation. And as he walked around in Israel in this day, he was displaying this. And it's very clear, like on his journey, we're going to see he has authority over time, over salvation, and a, and a few other things we're going to walk into now. So the next story is... Uh, Jesus, there with all those people, he then tells a parable. He's at Zacchaeus' party, and he tells a parable. And he tells a parable that it says uh, in chapter uh, 19, verse 11, because he was near Jerusalem, and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. So the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to just show up, and they thought it would be like in the next couple days. And so he tells a parable. In this parable... Is about a, a rich nobleman. This, this nobleman, he was born of a good line, and he was heir to the, the kingdom, heir to the throne, to be, you know, made the king. And Jesus tells the story of that this man had to go to a distant land in order to be made the king. And so before the man goes to be made the king, he calls together his servants. He calls together the ones that are following him. And he, he gives to each of them about three months' wages. It says, uh, this is the parable of the minus. It's not a math term. It's like not the, it's not the opposite of plus. It's a mina, which is about three months' wages. And so, you know, we'll call that like $6,000, you know, after taxes, something like that, okay? <laughs> so each one of them gets $6,000 to do their best with. And so we get to hear about what three of them did. And the first one went out and he invested in some real estate and it grew five times the amount and it was awesome. That's awesome. I mean, he invested himself in that work and he made five times what he had by the time the king came back. Uh, the other guy went out and he invested the money in bitcoins. Bitcoins were making bank in that day and he got 10 times the return. It was incredible. And so... Then we find the third, and the third took his $6,000, put it in a Ziploc bag, hid it under the mattress so no one could find it, and waited, waited for the man to come back. And so the man does come back. He's been crowned king, right? And he, he comes, and, and he asks them what happened with, with the money that he had told them. He, he had specifically told them to put that money to work. And the, the one who had the one, Mina, who didn't do anything with it. In verse 20, then the other servant came and said, Sir, here is your mina. I have kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man, and you take what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. And the man, the man says, oh, I'm going to keep reading that because <laughs> I can't say it better than Jesus. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked servant. You know, 
You know that I am a hard man, taking what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money on deposit so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest? Then he said to those standing by, by, take this mine away from him and give it to the one who has 10. And the other servants were like, he already has 10. And the rich nobleman said, I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away. That, that phrase at the very end there should ring bells, cause bells to go off. Because Jesus, in fact, said the exact same thing in Luke 8, 18. So it should be very clear that Jesus is that noble man who provides resources. Oh, time is flying up here. Uh, who provides uh, resources to and expects us to, to do our best with them. And, and so what I want to tell you is that Jesus is the one who provides our daily resources. Jesus has authority to give them, to take it, and to give it to someone else, right? So Jesus has authority over resources in the earth. And I want to ask you, what are you doing to steward your resources? What are you doing to grow the things that you have in your hand? So very quick story. Ryan makes fun of me for this, but this is coming up soon, and I might invite some of you. As all the students move out, they all just throw away all this treasure. They throw it away. So why not climb in that dumpster and pull it out? So I, will, I go dumpster diving. I go dumpster diving, call Ryan, and he's like, heck no, I don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> but I got some LED lights. It was pretty awesome. So. I'm not using them. No, no. It's not always exactly what you want, but, you know, we'll make it work. All right, I just got two more little things. Um, in chapter 19, we then find Jesus goes up the rest of the way up to Jerusalem. And, and that's about a 10-mile journey. And as he goes and he's approaching Jerusalem, he tells two of his disciples to go ahead of him and to find a donkey. Go find a donkey. What a random request, right? And... And so they, they go and they find this donkey, and, and Jesus is intentionally choosing to walk, not walk, ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. What's the deal with that? Well, let me tell you that this was fulfillment of a prophecy. This was the choice of our Savior to fulfill what was written by Zechariah, who was a prophet in the Old Testament like hundreds of years before. In Zechariah 9.9, it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. And as a man, he chose to do this, right? He didn't have a choice to be born in Bethlehem, which is another fulfilling of prophecy. But this was a conscious choice as a man. To, I'm going to ride in Jerusalem on this donkey to let my people know that I am their king. And so Jesus has authority over the kingdom. As Jesus enters Jerusalem, he then, uh, the first thing he does is he goes to the temple. And this is my last little story here in 19 of all the things that Jesus claims authority over. He goes right into the temple and he clears the temple out. And in verse uh, 45, it says, he entered the temple area and began to drive out those who were selling. It is written, he said to them, my house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. Right? So we have seen that Jesus claims to have authority over time. 
over salvation, over resources, over the kingdom. And right here, we see that he claims to have authority over proper worship of the Lord. He knows what it means to be in relationship with God, right? And this reminds me of one of my favorite little phrases that, that brings me such peace in my life, and that is that Jesus is perfect theology. It's, it's sometimes very easy to get wrapped up in, like, what are other people doing in their walk with the Lord? Or, or you know, so many things start with good intentions. But thankfully, we're not following a certain set of doctrines. We're following a man who is truth. We're following Jesus Christ, right? And so Jesus has authority over relationship with the Father. Jesus knows what that is, and we follow him. And so I want to tell you that Luke wrote all these things to give us a picture of all the authority that Jesus is claiming for himself as he goes up to Jerusalem, and that Jesus is the one that we want to be following. Why would we want to follow anyone else, right, when he has all of this authority? But I will tell you that it is not always easy, and it wasn't always easy for Christ. And so with that, I'm going to hand it over to Ryan to share a little bit more of what happened in chapter 20. Thanks, Mark. Well, I will admit I feel a little unprepared because I don't have a set dance plan with Brett. Um, but I know I can rely on Vitor. So, Vitor, you ready? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> you, you would make it look good. I would mess it up. So, four months at the wedding, maybe then. Um, well, what's up, guys? I'm excited to keep going. Um, you know, and since Jesus had authority, we have authority. And have you ever met someone, have you ever been around someone that just had authority or had this power, or had this thing that you could just feel around them? As I was sitting there actually thinking about that and the people that I've met and just been around, I'm like, wow, they have something that I don't have that I want. You can't even, you, sometimes you can't even put a finger on what it is. But when they speak, there is power. When they speak, there is inspiration. There is influence. They, they literally are carrying something on their life. There's actually many people in this room that I've experienced it in you. And then I was thinking, has, has everyone seen the movie Lion King in here? Yeah? If you haven't, please come up for prayer and I will pray for you. Um, they're actually coming out with like a real life Lion King in like a year or two. So we'll probably have to make an alive event for that. But... Um, but I was thinking in the movie, do you guys remember when the three hyenas, they're going after Simba, and then Mufasa comes, and, and, and then, or they're joking around, they're like, Mufasa, Mufasa, and they're like, ooh, Mufasa, like, you guys remember that part? And then he comes, and he roars, and they're like, ah! <laughs> and like, like, dude, he carried authority, you know what I'm talking about, Eric Ortega? There was power behind that. I'm like, man, and I was just thinking about that. When a lion roars... No one freaking asks why. <laughs> right, Caleb? Like, when a lion roars, no one's like, oh, why did it roar? And why is it so loud? Like, there's authority behind that. There's power behind that. No one's going to mess with that lion. So I want to say, friends, what are you roaring? What are you roaring out there in this world? What are you roaring in this life? Because if Jesus has authority and Jesus lives in us, Bethany, then we have authority. He and us, Liam, the hope of the world. Do we believe that that authority lives in us? And I want to say, if you believe that that authority lives in you, I just want to say that you will be challenged. You will be tested. You will be criticized. You will be judged. And if you're not being challenged, I lovingly say, 
you're probably not making much of a difference or much waves. Because if you're living this authority out, you will be challenged. And when it comes, don't be surprised and take heart that Jesus was challenged and he is with you. So I want to look at a little bit what he did when he was challenged. So in verse, uh, in chapter 20, uh, starts off saying this. One day, as he was teaching the people in the temple courts uh, and preaching the gospel, man, I love, Jesus was just preaching the gospel, not just with his words, but with his life. Love that. Um, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law together uh, went with the elders and came up to him. And they said, tell us by what authority are you doing these things? And then they said, and who gave you this power? Who gave you this authority? Have you ever been doing something good in your life, doing something that's making a difference? And sometimes there's these, I'm going to call them religious people. Uh, that's okay. I actually don't like when someone refers to me as religious. I actually, that's probably one of the things that I could... Uh, Please never call me religious. I want to be a radical lover of Jesus. Religion is all about rules. Religion is about do this, don't do this. Uh, being in relationship with Jesus is about being in love. It's about knowing that you are loved and loving him back. And it's about an adventure that is wild, great, and full of him. I don't want to be bound down by rules, Lindsay. You know what I'm saying? I want to be free because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So give me an amen, Dylan. There he is. I don't know where Dylan is, but I feel like I'm supposed to say that. Is he in here, Leah? Did he leave? Did he go back to high school? Oh, hey, Dill. <laughs> um, Got to be ready in season and out when you have the mic and when you don't. Get ready. I'm calling up Adam next. All right. So, uh, but he was challenged and he said, where, where, why are you doing this and from who, who gave this to you? And, and they just, they want to challenge him because they don't get it. It's off their grid. And I love that when we're challenged or someone uh, tries to doubt us or try to, tries to get us to explain things, friends, I just want to say that you don't have to fall into that trap. You don't have to answer them or give them just what they're looking for. And I love that Jesus answers them with a question. He doesn't just say, oh, I'm on the son of God and I line it all out and this, this, and this, and I did this miracle and this. He doesn't defend himself. And true authority doesn't defend itself because true authority knows what it is, knows what it carries, and knows the one that gave it to him. And so he answers them with a question. And they don't know how to answer the question. So then he has the authority, the, the guts. I would say another word, but we're in church. Um, he has the oomph to say, well, then I'm not going to answer your question. And I just love that. He knew who he was. He knew what he carried. He knew what his purpose was. And he wasn't going to let anyone shake that, Beth. And so right after this, I'm going to call it three tests I want to look at. That was test one. He answered their question with a question. And they didn't know what to say. And right after this, he goes into a parable. And he goes into a parable about a, a, a vineyard owner who bought this large vineyard. He let people uh, work on it and look after it. He went away for a very long time. After many years, it produced a lot of crops and produced a lot of money that was rightfully his. And so he sent people to go get what was his, to go get the money and go get the crops and these guys who were working it for many years, they became jealous and bitter, and they ended up beating up and, just, and, and, and bullying and, and, and hurting these people that would go, come to get the, the owner's things, which was rightfully his. 
And after many tries, the, the, the owner says, you know what, this is it. I've sent too many people. I'm going to send the one person that means the most to me, and that is my son who I love. Surely they will respect him. And so as the story goes, the son goes to get his dad's property, to get what his dad loves, to get what his dad invested in and created. And these, 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 these guys end up killing him and taking the one thing that the father loved the most. And then it says, the father comes, wipes them out, and gives the vineyard, vineyard to other people who are more deserving of it. And when Jesus is telling this parable, right in the middle of these tests, the scribes and the Pharisees, they get very upset. And then they go and plot how to kill Jesus and to take his power away from him. And I'm, I'm sitting and preparing and praying, why is this parable, this story, right in the middle of this? And I think Jesus, actually, I know Jesus was foreshadowing who he is and what he was going to do. Because the Father, Father God, that were his crops, were his, the, the investment, the people that he loved, that are rightfully his. He sent the prophets in the Old Testament to say who he was, to say who we are, and what happened to him. They were, they, by religious people, by Pharisees, by people who thought they knew God, didn't listen to them. So then he sends his one and only son, Jesus Christ, and this story never gets old, and I pray it never does, to be the reflection of the Father, to let us know that we are his children, that we have the gift of eternal life, if we would just receive it and say yes, that he came to get what was rightfully his, that we are all not our own but his, and he was killed and he was beaten, but he hung on that cross for us. And yet Jesus knew uh, the, the Pharisees knew that what they were doing to the people, the Jewish people at that time, was not what God had for them. And why does he say that? Because when we walk in our destiny and we know our identity, even though we have this authority that we are living out and that when we're making a difference, there will be pushback. There will be people who doubt us and criticize us. There will be people who even try to hurt us. But will that stop us from living out our calling in Christ? Some of you are going to go to other countries and be missionaries. Some of you, Michael Sacco is going to Chicago in three weeks to work for corporate America. But guess what? You're a missionary. You carry something wherever you go. Some of you are seniors. How many seniors I got in this room? Let's go. Like eight, I see. You guys, three weeks, right? Three weeks. Miranda's going to nursing school. Liam, you're going to work. Like, you guys are, what are you going to do in those businesses? What are you going to carry? Undergrads, when you go, where are you going this summer? What are you carrying the authority of, of your life? If you live out this authority in your life, when you speak it out, it will echo it. Because what we do in this life echoes in eternity. Do you believe that you're carrying something? I love this next story. Uh, we'll call it test two. Um, so the Pharisees, they come, and they're trying to always trip up Jesus. They're always trying to trap him. Have you ever met someone that had really good questions or, or wants to ask you questions, and the questions itself isn't bad, but you knew the motive of their heart was deceptive in some way? Have you ever met someone like that? And maybe not even asking you questions, but they love just the debate. And they're not debating with you to learn or to understand or to grow, but they're debating with you to prove that they're right and you're wrong. 
Has anyone ever met someone like that? I know I have. And so I think Jesus picked up that their hearts were not really in the right place. And so they come to him and they say, well, if you say you're God, um, then who do we pay taxes to? Because we need to pay taxes to our king. And do we pay taxes to you or to Caesar? Because they know if he says not to pay taxes, taxes to Caesar, then they can go give Caesar evidence to, to come after Jesus. And I just love Jesus. It says in, in verse um, 23, sees right through the motives of their heart, and he says, well, whose, whose face is on the coin? Again, he asks the question, Eric, and they said, Caesar. He said, so pay Caesar what is his, and pay God what is his, and it says in the Bible that they were astonished at his answer, and they didn't know what to say. He had the wisdom no matter what challenge was faced, we looked at chapter four when the enemy came after him and tempted him and said, do this, I'll give you the world. Say this, he answered it with scripture. He knew scripture. And I loved, you guys remember a couple weeks ago, we looked at Luke 12, 12, and it said, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say at the proper time. Have you ever been in an argument before? Or have you ever been truly persecuted where people were doubt, not even just about God, but doubting your character, doubting a decision you made, or doubting something you said? I don't know, I, I have felt that before. And it's not as bad when you know you're in the wrong, right? Because you like, oh, like, dang, I, you know, like, but you learn from that, you grow from that. But when you're really in the right and you've lived it and walked it out the way you know God has called you to and someone has made things up about you or said you've done something wrong, man, what do you do in those situations? Do you defend yourself? Do you, do you explain all the facts or the story? Or do you let Holy Spirit give you what you need and remind you that you have an authority and he will help you know how to answer and give, give in that situation? This, this last story, test number three. So then they come and they say, all right, well, let's talk about the resurrection and the marriage. So if in, the, in the Jewish uh, culture and the law, if, if, uh, if a husband is married to his wife and the husband dies, it's, it's the husband's brother's oath to marry that wife and, and have kids for her and so on. So they said, well, when we get to heaven, when the resurrection happens, then whose husband is that wife if they have two or three? You know, again, trying to trip Jesus up. And I just love this example because Jesus spoke truth he spoke truth, which revealed um, that uh, revealed their hearts of, of them trying to tra trap him with the little information that they knew. But he spoke truth, and even though they didn't understand it or receive it, it was still truth. And friends, I want to say to you that when you live out the truth of God, not everyone is going to accept it. When you speak the truth of God, not everyone's going to receive it. But it doesn't mean just because they don't understand it or think it's true that it's not true. Because truth, the word of God, spoken and lived, does not come back void. And so he goes on and he says, that's not going to happen because when, when you're going to be made like the angels when you go to heaven. And I'm not trying to debate if we're going to know our husbands and our wives when we get to heaven. But he said, the scripture says that we're going to be like angels because we're children of God. That they thought they knew God so much, but there's so much that they didn't know. And Jesus, that doesn't, Jesus doesn't let that limitate him or limit him. He speaks above that. He brings truth to open their hearts. And I just love this verse, and he says this. He is not the God of dead, 
but he was the God of living for everyone in him is alive. That friends, whenever this earth and this life is over, that is not the end of our stories. That is not the end of our stories, that we will be made like the angels, that we are God's children. And I believe that we're gonna know our husbands and our wives and our parents, and I believe we're gonna, I just can't wait. I think about sometimes entering the gate, seeing all the people that I've ever met in this life and seeing Jesus and running up to him, and we are given new bodies and new life, and our story's not over because his story isn't over. And right now, as we sing, we bring heaven to earth. Uh, We have an authority. And do you remember what Jesus was recognized when he first started this whole series? Remember what he's recognized, Paul? He said, by the authority and power that they recognized him. That he had authority that other people didn't have. And he didn't just talk it, but he walked it. And he lived it, Angelina. And how are we living this thing out? How are we walking this thing out? Just like Joshua's quote said last week day by day, with the people and the friend group that we have. Because we all have an influence. We all have a story. Angelina, I've been telling you for ever since I met you, you are going to change this campus. You carry something that not someone else carries. That you can't be anyone else because you're the amazing you that you are. And you have an authority and an influence on your life. God wants to use you. God wants to continue to use you, Miranda. You're not going anywhere. He's going to use you in the hospitals. Caleb, he's using you. He wants to use you. Michael Sacco, he's using you. That each of you have an authority. Each of you have a key that I don't even have. I remember someone once said this. We had Clay speak here at Alive, and he's one of the best speakers I know. He has an authority and a power that, man, it just, man, the Lord lives in that guy. And I remember he came up to me. um, Leah, do you want to come up on keys or Dill? Um, And, uh, I remember he came up to me one time after he spoke, uh, him and another pastor, and they're like, Ryan, we got to tell you something. And I was like, all right. Like, man, I thought I was in trouble or something. And he's like, you know, we, we love that you let people come and speak, but you need to know that you have an authority with the live that we don't even have. And I was like, what? Like, what do you mean, dude? Like, I'm, I'm like, little bro, you're big bro. And he's like, he's like, I could come speak every week, but God's given you a key to have authority over this ministry. And so friends, I wanna ask you that you have true authority over the things and the people that you love. True authority doesn't work when you don't love someone or something. So in this life right now, where are the places that God has given you authority to make a change, Bryce, to bring out difference, to make an impact, Kristen, And if you don't know, just start thinking about the places and the people and the things that you love the most. Your family, for an example. You could have been a part of any other family, Hannah, in the whole world. But God chose you to be in your family for a reason. And yet I know sometimes they're the hardest ones, Abs, to minister to. But our parents are our parents, our brother and our sister, our brother and our sister or stepsisters, or half-sisters and half-brothers like I have. And it's hard. But you have an authority because you have a love in their lives. With your friend group, with your boyfriend and girlfriends, with your peers, you have an authority because I think you love them. Do you believe that? And do you receive that? 
So as we end, we saw how Jesus lived out authority with the time and the resources. And he was tested and he was challenged and Jesus didn't just play defense, he did play offense. He brought a question to the Pharisees and the scribes, yet not to challenge them, but to open their eyes and their hearts to who he was. And then he goes and he says to his disciples and followers, don't listen to the people who just do it for a show. Don't listen to the people who act like they're better than you. Don't listen to the people who think they're all royal and religious and who are talk without the walk. Because authority of the kingdom will look different from the authority of this world. If you want to go up in leadership, you go down. If you want to gain wisdom and speak and be influential to people, start listening to people. Start listening to the Holy Spirit who speaks to you. But do you believe that you're here in this life and that you can make a difference? And whether you think you know him or you think you're close to him, that he lives in you because you're his kid. And if he lives in us, we get to carry what he carried. That he's worthy. And some of you, I know it's hard to believe, but you're worthy too. Not by base, not based on what you've done, but based on who you are. Because he says you're worthy. Will you believe that and receive that tonight, church? We don't go to church. We are the church. So God, I just pray that you would help, our, help us find our roar tonight, God. Because if we can't do it in here, how are we supposed to do it out there? And God, I just thank you that you call us to be the lamb and the lion, that you call us to, to speak and to shout and to roar, and you also call us to listen and be gentle and sweet. And so, Father, I just pray that our, my friends and myself would know that we have an authority in this life, that what we do in this life does echo in eternity, but it also echoes here. And so God, I do pray tonight that just as M shared in her testimony, that we would find our voice, that we would find our authority by finding your voice and finding your authority. God, I pray that we wouldn't go through the motions anymore but the people in our life, that we would believe that you brought them in our lives for a reason. And that when we don't know what to speak, and we don't know what to say, and when we've been challenged or tested, that we would listen to you and trust that as Luke 12, 12 says, your spirit, your presence will give us the words and help us know what to say, most of all, how to live. So we love you, Father and we believe in you and we say thanks for believing in us in Jesus name
bless you McKenna um, I just feel like tonight isn't just a normal night I just feel like as Paul was singing that I just saw a volcano that was about to erupt and I feel like there's an invitation tonight that we're gonna have ministry time and leaders on the side that would love to pray for you but if you have felt this almost like bubbling up and that you are ready to step in your destiny that you are ready to start believing that you have an authority that lives within you let us pray for you. Let someone pray for you and step out, whether they know you or not, and say, I want to be bold because the righteous are bold like lions. And I want to be bold, and I don't want to be afraid anymore. Build it up, Gabe. And, and I just, I just, tonight, there's a story that I got robbed in Guatemala one time with a, with a couple of friends, and this guy was coming after one of my friends, and she was a girl. And, and, and he, was, he was getting closer to her and closer to her. She just said, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And she said, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And he kept coming. And then there was this fierceness that literally roared out of her. And she said, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And the dude stopped. And he didn't even speak English. He just stopped. And he literally, I kid you not, ran away 
without laying a finger on her. And I just thought of that story, and I just feel like there's been some women in here specifically that have been silenced a little bit. I, I just even feel like your moms have told you to be proper and not stand up for yourself. And, but the Lord wants to tell you tonight that you have a roar in you, and that when you roar, that there is power that comes from within you. And I just feel like there's even been some guys that has been... So, so you, haven't, you haven't been told in your life that you've been manly and that you've been strong. And the Lord says, I've created you uniquely and wonderfully just the way you are. But that doesn't mean that you're not fierce. And that doesn't mean that you can't roar because I live within you. It might not look like the world tells you what it looks like, but it looks like I tell you what it looks like. So if that's you, I encourage you, come let someone pray for you. Because the Lord wants to do something tonight that can only be done tonight. Yeah, guys, if, if you want to, like, learn how to operate in authority, I keep getting the, the word, I keep getting the impression that the way to do that is to subject our authority to the one who has all authority. It's to give those areas that God has given us authority over, it's to give it to him. It's to ask him, Lord, how can I give this more to you? Like to seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added unto you, right? Who, who doesn't want everything else, right? But the way to that is not to take our own authority as our own, but to take our authority and give it to the one who has it already. Right, to lay ourselves down, just like the kingdom is backwards, right? If you want to go up, you go down. You give, give that thing to the Lord. So as I was I was standing over there, I, I got a few like word type things. Uh, the first one uh, is actually for Kristen. I feel like I, feel, I got the word longevity. That that you have had a longevity with the Lord that, that is something that you have authority over. And, and I, I feel like the Lord wants to encourage you to know that that, that history that you have with him is, is valuable and is beautiful and is authoritative to speak into other people's lives. That you can tell people of the testimonies of what God has done in your life. And that that shapes people's perspectives. That changes things. It changes the world around you and, and everywhere you go. And so I encourage you to like know that God wants to use that and that that's a valuable thing that you carry, that longevity with the Lord. Is, is Noah star in here? There he is, there he is. Noah, you have freedom. You walk around in a, in a, a level of freedom that other people admire. And it's something that you carry authority in to show people that life doesn't have to be so, so difficult. Life doesn't have to be so serious all the time. And, and I feel like the Lord wants you to know that you get to set people free in that too. And, and as you, that freedom is something that it's tempting. It's tempting to like, what do I really wanna do? But I wanna encourage you to say, Jesus, what do we really wanna do? Jesus, what are we gonna do right now? And I, I believe the Lord wants to lead you on that journey of, of walking with him every, every step you know, giving every step to him and that that'll be fruitful as you go. McKenna, as I, as I thought of you, I was like, McKenna, you have such authority over suffering. 
you have been through more than I, I hope most in the room will ever go through. And you know that that has such a, a, an ability to set people free, right? To, to go and, and, and love people right where they're at and know that like Jesus will get you through. You know, Jesus is that miracle worker. And so you have authority to tell that story. You have power in that story and in your life lived, even more than the story, in your life lived in the midst of that story. So I just want to encourage you to know that God loves you so much and that he wants to use you just as you are, just as you are. So I, I believe that tonight, like, there are unique things in each and every one of our lives that we have a unique domain over. We have dominion over. And I believe that for, for each of us, there's something that we can and could get prayer for tonight. And I encourage you, if there's something that's lingering, like if it's your musical talent, if it's your access to family resources, if it's your intellect, if it's your network, Things like that are areas that God blesses us with, not just for ourselves, but for others. And I wanna encourage you, think of how, how can we walk that out? How can I walk that out with Christ? And give that authority to him and ask him, how can I seek first the kingdom in that thing? So as we go into this next worship song, I just encourage you, ask the Lord, ask him to highlight to you some of those unique areas, there are multiple areas in our lives that we carry authority, that we can walk in, that we can give to him every single day. And so I encourage you to ask the Lord to highlight those things to you. And if, and if something really pops out of you, I, I implore you to give prayer.
Every time we get to this part of the song, something inside of me just lights up. <laughs> and I mentioned this before, but you know, my relationship with the Father has been so unique and so special. And I believe tonight that, that there's a special grace for the Father's heart for each of you. I believe that. God's saying, I didn't just die on the cross for you to just have a happy life. I died on the cross so you can live a powerful life, that you can live with abundance, you can live with grace, you can live with joy unspeakable. I believe that is the Father's heart for each and every one of us here tonight. And so if you want more of the Father's heart, I want you to take a risk right now. I want you to come down to the front. I know we usually do this like at the end of the night, but I believe right now that the Lord is breathing new life. And so if you want more of the Father, I say come right, come right now. Come down here. And we're just, we're going to declare this out. We're going to sing, all I want to know is Father. And I believe as we sing that out, that all we want to know is the Father. And he's going to pour out his blessings upon each and every one of you. I believe that so strongly. Yeah, so let's sing this out.
Guys, I believe the Lord, he's not done yet. He's not done working in you yet. He's not done stirring up faith in you. What once was your ceiling is now your floor. I feel like that's for someone here tonight. What once was your ceiling is now your floor. What once was your max is now your minimum. What once you thought was impossible is now just the beginning. And I believe I'm going to do a second invitation. If there's anyone up there that wants to come down here, I believe that we're going to declare this one more time. We're going to give him the highest praise tonight. Because, guys, he's that worth it. He is that worth it. He's that worthy, guys. And so if you want more of him, I, I invite you to come down here. He's going to bless you up there. He's going to bless you down here. But I believe that when you take a step of faith, the Lord meets you in a special way. He loves you, and he wants more of you. And so if that's you, come on down. And we're going to lift this up one more time. Sing it yours. Oh, yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever. Amen. Oh, yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power.
So uh, this is weird. I've never done this before. Let's keep going, band. But we got this awesome man of God, Chris Hansen, in the house. And uh, I'm going to ask him to come up and, and share. But either before, yeah. Yeah, I just felt like, so, Chris, there's like something on your, your life, man. He's a father in the natural, but you're also a pastor in the spiritual. And I felt like when we were praying, you were like, we're going to have a word. And then after he gives this word, I don't know why, but I'm just going to ask him to go to his electric. And I just feel like Adam or Austin, if you can turn his electric up, like, I just feel like you're supposed to go like ham on the electric. And like, would you engage specifically? There's gonna be like this holy melody that you guys play, and like the band can build it, but I feel like for a while it's just supposed to be the instruments, and as you beat your drums, and as you just go after it, like there's gonna be things in the spirit that hit us that words can't even describe. And so, with that, I give you the mic. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Wow. Um, most of you don't know me. Um, I graduated from the U of I 10 years ago. I know I don't look it. I look like I'm your guys' age, but I'm a little bit older. I've got, I'm married, I got two kids, uh, living the dream. I feel like what I want to say is just, I spent most of my formative years trying to figure out who I was. I, didn't, I was a Christian, I was a believer, I knew Jesus, but I didn't know me. And it wasn't until like I really, really figured out that Jesus actually restored my identity. And when I actually truly saw him, I truly saw who I was meant to be. That's when I was able to come into my own. I struggled with anxiety and just fear of man. Like the idea of like standing up in front of a group of people this big like would normally terrify me. But when I understand who I am in Christ, it doesn't scare me. I can be who I am. And I felt like God shared this thing to me about a month ago, and it's been rocking me. I felt like he said to me, sons and daughters are never in a hurry. And what I realized is in my life is I was hurrying from one thing to the next, one season to the next. On my way to work, I'm in traffic, I'm in a hurry to get to the next thing that's going on. And you look at Jesus' life, he is never in a hurry. He is always at rest. He got more done. The Bible says that there's, he did more things than could be written all the books in the world. He did that in three years of ministry, and he was never in a hurry. He was late to a funeral when Lazarus was dying. They're like, come help. And he's like, okay. He was still like just present. He wasn't in a hurry to get there. He arrived late to the funeral, but he still accomplished his mission. Do you see? And so I feel like for you guys, like you got a ton of stuff going on in your lives, and I feel this pull all the time. It's just like, be in a hurry. Got to get more done. Got to get more done. And it feels like God is just saying, just rest. You can get so much, do so much more done just by living in his rest and in his refreshment. And there's a way to get all these things done without being in a hurry. It's like a more of an internal thing. It's realizing that inside there is peace, and I'm going to live from that. I'm going to live from heaven inward, outward. And so I just want to bless that to you guys. Just like, you guys are going to get so much done in your lives. I mean, you got like projects and finals. You got all these things that you're thinking about. But I feel like God is going to allow you to get that and so much more done just by learning how to live from his refreshment and from his rest. It's like you have to 
like step out of this world and into his. So if anyone wants that, I just want to bless you guys. Just, Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, come. And as you're teaching me just how to live from rest, I pray that you teach them. Because living from rest is living from sonship. It's living from your identity in Christ. You guys are sons and daughters, and you don't need to be in a hurry. You're not going to miss your calling. You're not going to miss your destiny. Because your destiny is in him. And you are bigger on the inside than you are on the outside. So don't look from the outward to see how you're doing. Because the world says you got to do this and that. And God is saying, no, I'm going to put something inside of you, and you're going to live from that. And so, Lord, just bless them. I think there are just people who are going to change the world in this room. There's people who are going to bring revival to this campus. It's happening now. We've been praying for it for, like, decades. It's coming. It's happening. More, Lord. There are people in this room that will be, I don't know, I just see, like, like, straight-A students who are bringing revival. Like, you can have it both ways. You can have your cake and eat it, too. Like, you can accomplish all your goals in your academic career, in your professional career, and fulfill the destiny that God has placed in your life. They don't, they aren't mutually exclusive. So, Lord, bless them. I just thank you for all that you're doing in this group. I just sense the, I just sense the family in here. And that is amazing to just feel like you're a part of family because then you don't have to be someone else. You can be who you are when you're a part of family. So I just bless in Jesus' name. Man, I got to have this guy preach next year, I think. Come on. (laughs) Well, hey, we got about like 10, 15 minutes. But like I said, I just want to give you to you guys and just play a heavenly melody over us to send us out. Yeah, can everyone just close their eyes just as they get ready? I just love to do this, and I just love to picture his face, and I just love to imagine, imagine, imagine what it's going to be like the first time we get to see him and ask him what he wants to do in you tonight and through you tonight. Ask him what he wants to give you, what he wants to give you, the authority to give you in your life, and imagine him giving that to you and seeing him for the first time. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Jesus. Take us into the throne room, God. Take us into the throne room.
so much. Thank you for coming tonight. And um, yeah, I don't even know how to end. (laughs) Oh man. Amen. We love you guys. Thanks for coming. We'll see you next week.